0: Chapter 23, The Tea Party They searched through several themed parties until they found one, which Lynx said, This one needs life. A few chairs and tables dotted around a small flower bed and a couple of old ladies sipped tea from China cups. A tea party, said Katie. Yeah, and it's as interesting as a visit to the British lawnmower Museum, said Lynx. An older voice said from behind them, ''Sounds like just my cup of tea.'' Katie turned to see Walter, bent over, inspecting the depth of the grass. ''Walter, great to see you. Great work on the paths. We used many. What brings you here?'' said Katie. ''I've stopped to have a tea and a chat with Marjorie. It's disappointingly quiet around here. Tea parties are usually most riveting.'' Lynx wasn't able to relate to this. ''Walter, we're desperately looking for the organizer. ''Can you help?'' pleaded Katie. ''Hmm, he's very busy. Not even I dare to talk to him when he's working. Your best bet is to get him to talk to you. Then you may have a chance of holding his attention. I'd better get going. Grass grows quicker in the dark.'' ''Good luck.'' And Walter strolled away. They agreed to stay at the tea party. Katie said that first impressions must be important to the organiser and they needed to draw his attention.'' To do this, she suggested they should do him a favour and get the tea party rocking. Wraith agreed, but Lynx unusually lacked imagination and said, I've never partied with old-timers. Can it be done? Katie jovially said, I bet these rebels were raving way before you were even a twinkle in your mummy's eye. Katie approached an aged barista, fast asleep in a rickety old tea hut. She knocked on the wooden counter and he slowly awoke. She explained to him that she needed to get the tea party rocking. He reminisced for a painfully long time with her about the past, when the tea party was the hippest place in the finale. Eventually, after Lynx had fallen asleep, he gladly agreed to help. Behind the hut, Katie rummaged around the hut's store. It was deceptively large and packed full of equipment, dating back hundreds of seasons. There's so much stuff in here. We're going to need help. Katie asked Blue and Evie to use their noses to find the others. The whole clan promptly arrived. After Katie explained the objective, the team became motivated. From the vast store shed, Jane and Prima volunteered to search and spot items of use. Using a group think tank and overwhelming input from Frank, the barista, they came up with some revitalising ideas. Katie recalled and shared her memory of a flower show she had visited once to escape the pressures of university. She was the only young person there. Everywhere she went, she saw couples of retirement age staring at flowers, and she noticed there were more tea shops than flower displays. She said, The older generation love staring at flowers and having a natter around tea and cake. Flash shared a story of a time when he was on the path. He slowed his horse and saw a man performing at the edge of a lake. He wore a tuxedo and mesmerised an audience of grannies. He said, His voice proper chilled me out. More than Festivia's grass could. He climbed off his horse and asked a lady who and what it was. She passionately said, It's old Blue Eyes himself. He sings swing jazz. They all agreed on a themed garden party with tea, cakes and swing jazz. Jane and Prima found neatly stored, pressed clean vintage tablecloths, white chairs and table sets. Using them, the team worked hard to set up 90 seated covers and a buffet area for casual eating. Katie had worked as a silver service waitress in a fancy hotel. Her experience gave her team more direction. Ajax befriended the festival food organiser and arranged a deal for food and cakes to be supplied. All they needed was a singer. Flash said, ''I wonder if old Blue Eyes himself is here?'' and purposefully set off on Evie in search of him. Everything was set. Apart from they had no customers. ''For a garden party, you need a garden,'' said Walter returning back for a tea break. I suggest a flowered corridor to lead people here. Where will we get the flowers? asked Katie. Here. Seeds grow very quickly. And he pulled several packets from his tight jean short pockets. With the guidance of Walter, Katie made a captivating corridor of hanging flowers, which grew almost instantly from crossed wooden fences. The long wooded corridor was a bloom of yellow-pink, blue, white and red roses. Under Walter's watchful eye, Katie took great joy in pruning and shaping the bushes. I never knew I liked gardening. I feel connected to it. Now I understand why old-timers stare so much at flowers. Katie, you do make me chuckle. The difference between the old and the young is the young are chasing life and the old have caught it. I've only run away from it, said Katie, feeling more at ease. I know. When I first saw you, I could see you were exhausted. What makes you say that? I'm an old man. I've watched life and all its narratives. My dear, you've been running for far too long. It's much more satisfying to chase. Sometimes we must take a break, but pause for too long, and you may end up here. I have nothing to chase. I'm going nowhere. You're going nowhere now. "'But you've been everywhere here. "'The question is, where do you want to go next? "'I'm going to find the organizer. "'Walter smiled and blew his nose into a chequered hanky "'and stowed it back in his pocket and said, "'Hey, Fever, my penance for gardening, but it's worth it. "'Anyway, my dear, I'll see you soon. "'I'd better go.' Katie stayed and continued to make some finishing touches. "'She paused to hear some whispers and murmurs.' Peering down the long corridor, she saw several blurry shapes in the distance. After time, the shapes morphed into a horde of elderly folk, strolling and stopping. Men and women stood with their hands behind their back, inspecting, at nose-tickling range, the flowers. One lady said, slowly and concisely, Hm mm, Humphrey, the centifolia rose is uniquely magnificent. Hmm... Humphrey inhaled deep and said, mm, no, no, Mabel, you haven't noticed your favourite, the hybrid tea rose. Mm, yes, dear, your proposal rose. I'll never forget. It stood out over all the others. Mm, let's hurry on now, Mabel. Katie ran back to the tea hut and said, gasping for breath, They're coming, let's get ready. Katie assembled her team ready to receive her entranced gossiping flower watchers. She stood with Betsy at front of house to seat the arriving guests and take orders. Alec and Mickey manned the coffee hut. Jane and Prima flew around serving bespoke singular canapes. Ajax and Lynx dressed in white shirts and green waistcoats provided excellent table service. Growing in popularity, the tea party amped up in murmurings of "'Ooh!' and "Marvelous." "'especially when Lynx and Ajax appeared holding the first of the cake stands. "'It's working,' Betsy said emphatically to Katie, and they hugged each other. "'After many cakes and long chats, the tables began to empty, "'and with no new arrivals, the party started to conclude. "'Lynx paced to Katie and said, "'It's dying! We need to save it!' Katie had not thought this far. "'It seemed her crowd had grown tired, "'and many had said they were looking forward to having a nap.' Ajax stemmed the flow by engaging in the best-gifted cockney-humorous small talk he could muster. He held four tables in a chatting frenzy, but he signalled secretly to the others he couldn't hold them for long. There was no sign of the organiser, and the precious time they had invested was soon to be lost. Flash arrived, accompanied by a man. Link said, ''Man, where have you been? The tea party is flatlining!'' Flash saw beads of sweat dripping from Ajax's forehead, Primer and Jane busily fluttered, offering customers time-prolonging after-dinner mints. Flash patted his friend on the shoulder and said, My man, we're just in time. And he shook hands with the small, suave, self-assured man who possessed striking blue eyes. He replied, Nice joint. Ain't that a bite that everyone wants to beat feet? And to Katie he said, You've done a good job, kid. I'll get the party cooking again. Katie said, How? They all look so tired. I made my dough baking biscuits for these cats. They've got a sweet tooth for it. The man adjusted his trilby hat, loosened his tie and tapped the microphone. The crowd took no notice. Keeping to the spirit of Festavia, let's grow some satin wings and fly together to the... And he sung Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. The first few chords brought the crowd's murmuring chatter to a halt, They were captivated by his enchanting voice. Ajax wiped the sweat from his head and slumped into a chair and watched the show. Katie was lost for words. The singer's voice willingly captured her attention. Time stood still. Her always-present feelings of anger and pain drained away. Her mind travelled far away from Festavia and Earth and to a place of self-expression. Escaping herself, she connected openly with his words. She awoke from her state by clapping from the crowd. He thanked them and said, Love, loss, pain, happiness, shape our soul. In music I feel them all. I love music, so I love life. Sometimes I've almost given up, but music always brought me back and reminded me of this. And he sung The Best Is Yet To Come by Frank Sinatra. Katie felt a strong grip on her shoulder. Wraith announced, once more we have customers. All the tables were filled and extra seats were needed because many more were arriving. Wraith kept a sharp lookout for anyone who may be the organizer. They didn't have a description, so he was relying on intuition. At the end of I did it my way by Frank Sinatra, the light clouds steadily shone brighter until they were emitting daylight. It's that time already. I can't believe it, said Lynx. What's the time? asked Katie. ''It's almost time to go. We will have to go to the main stage.'' Several large security frogs appeared, ushering and moving people along. The team regathered and accepted the organiser wasn't coming. The frogs gave little time for everyone to weigh up the options. They decided to place their hopes on the final show at the main stage. Flash privately thanked Blue Eyes for his help, and he replied, ''No problem, kid. It was swell. You know, when I was on the line, starting out like you... I knew some guys who ran off track. They played a dangerous game. They played it like a bad actor, and they never finished. You've got what it takes. Run dead straight, and you'll finish all right. I'm going to be more than all right. I'm going to be a champ, Flash replied. You got the punch for it, kid. I'll see you around. And he donned his trilby and walked off into the frog-herded crowd.